and welcome to Pop Tarts. Me 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 me. I'm Emily Rems. I'm Callie Watts. We are both editors at Bust Magazine in New York City. We love talking to each other about pop culture. We love talking to you about pop culture. And today we have an incredibly awesome topic to discuss girl gangs, girl crews, and girl squads. Last week, my brilliant co-host Callie suggested that we do a show about our favorite girl gangs in pop culture. Obviously, it's an amazing idea. I'm a true intellectual. She's a true intellectual (laughs) and a bringer of ideas. But very quickly, we started to discuss our picks. It became abundantly clear that we had very different interpretations of what constitutes a girl gang. So instead of just girl gangs, like I said, it's going to be a celebration of girl gangs, girl crews, girl squads. We're going to hash out what that means and what pop culture offerings fit into those different segments and joining us to help us figure the whole shebang out is a returning guest, Erica W. Smith, Bust Magazine's digital editorial director and a member of our own fearsome feminist crew. Thank you for joining us, Erica. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm predicting vaginas for spring. Go Lizzie's go. Team Uma. Don't fuck with me. What about public urination? Did she suck that dick though? Moms are always hot. All right, ladies. <laughs> let's get into it. Callie, first let's recount the heated debate that ensued. It was very us heated. Was when very we heated. tried to define the term girl gang. Um, immediately I was like, pink ladies. And you were like, no, tell me why. (laughs) Well, to me, a gang is a legal activity. You have to do an initiation to get in and you wear colors. Now, the pink ladies, they have colors. I don't, don't know if they had an initiation, but they do nothing illegal. Not a gang. I feel like. That was very, those are very, very stringent requirements, especially when you're the definition of the word in the dictionary about pop culture and what directors of movies and TV choose to represent. So in the end, and I know Callie's going to fight us on this throughout the entire broadcast today. I will. I stand with the juggalettes. Based based on Callie's adamance in the crime aspect of gang life. Well, hold on. Let me discuss... You know, the, the saga of the Juggalettes and the Juggalos and how they tried to call them a gang. And then that meant if they got in, arrested, they would be charged as a gang, which is a more severe offense. So if you're not in a gang, it's very problematic to refer to, to a group as a gang. I understand what you're saying. And to counter that, I would say, I don't care. <laughs> but also shout out to Juggalettes. But shout out to Juggalettes and all that you do to make this a more colorful world. <laughs> uh, but I, I concede that girl gangs need an element of crime in them. So we will talk about girls doing crime as a group. Then we're going to talk about girl crews, which I feel are girls united and by girls i mean women people united (laughs) under a common purpose like for example a league of their own 
They're a crew. They're all on the same team. They're all doing a thing together. I would call that a team. <laughs> but there's different. <laughs> they're not all sports related. Then we have squads, which is friendship times with three or more consistent people joining together for friendship. Now, I will tell you this. Already, I differ because gangs are the people that I have I have separate. Then I have groups of women that do illegal activity, but are not technically a gang. And then I don't really care about groups of, of people that don't do illegal things. They're just a group of kids. You literally only want to talk about women doing illegal things. I mean, I have on the list, but I don't particularly care about a group of friends. I'll tell you this. <laughs> I am confident that we will have... Plenty of women to discuss across all categories between the three of us. Oh, we definitely will. And before we do, I just want to ask you guys, what is it that makes girl gangs so enticing? At the end of every Pop-Tarts podcast, I shout out to my girl gang at Bust Magazine. I've always wanted a girl gang. I joined a punk band so I could be in a girl gang. Like, it's all I've ever wanted out of life. Not the illegal kind. (laughs) Just, I guess, the crew kind. But... What is it about girl gangs that's so enticing? I know that it's somewhat different in like the feverish male imaginations of Russ Meyer and Quentin Tarantino than it is among women consuming girl gang fare. What is it that we like about it so much? Well, I guess it's because you always want to feel like someone has your back. Mm-hmm. Someone that um, you you have similar interests with. Just the same reason why you, you were, in, were interested in stories of, of strong friendship of any kind. Mm-hmm. Erica, what say you? Yeah, I think it's about having the, like, the idea of having a really close-knit friend group that's always going to be there for you. And then I think also just, um, at least when I was growing up, there were so many pop culture girl squads, friendship groups, that we played a lot of, like, archetype games, you know, mm-hmm. like, are you a Carrie or a Samantha? Are you a Bridget or a Carmen or a Tibby? Who are, is Bridget, Carmen, and Tibby? That's the sisterhood of the traveling man. <laughs> <laughs> and you played that when you were a kid? Yeah. And now, too, you're like, I mean, I didn't you know, which, which one would you clotting. be? Yeah. I played, uh, I was usually Blueberry Muffin in the Strawberry Shortcake cosplay. <laughs> yeah, when I was in. I did just, Who was I in Strawberry Shortcake? When I was Maybe in Meringue. When I was in middle school, we tried to get some sort of Sisterhood of the Traveling something going on, but we couldn't find any actual magical clothing. I so, <laughs> try a scarf. I think we settled on a bracelet. I feel like the most, the most logical thing would be a caftan. Yeah. The Sisterhood of the Traveling caftan. Actually, a I should get that started story. today. <laughs> Let's get a bus traveling caftan. Yes, I'm in. <laughs> Let's just get down to our our pop culture examples, starting, of course, with gangs. We're going to go round robin style, each of us giving one and then moving on, explaining why they deserve a place in the girl gang pop culture hall of fame. Of course, we'll start with our guest, Erica W. Smith. Give us a girl gang. Great. So first of all, I don't have many crime gangs. I have mostly (laughs) crews and squads, but I have a few crime gangs. And one of them is Ocean's 8, which I'm excited to see. Yes, I can't wait to see that. Now that is a crew I would love to roll with. And I actually just read an interview today on Vulture.com where 
uh, someone asked Kate Blanchett, you know, what are all these strong female characters in Ocean's 8 going to do for the young girls who watch them? And Kate Blanchett said, hopefully it will encourage them to live a life of crime. So <laughs> I was that. very into that. Can you remind our listeners who's in it and the premise of the film? Yeah, so the premise is a bunch of women team up to steal some diamonds from the Met Gala. And those women are uh, Kate Blanchett, Sandra Bullock, Mindy Kaling, Aquafina, uh, Rihanna, uh, Sarah Paulson. Is that eight? I haven't been no. counting. Helena Bonham Carter. Helena Bonham Carter. And Sandra Bullock. I think I said her. Well, then we're missing one. There's eight. Anne Hathaway. Yeah. She's the one they're stealing the diamonds from. Oh, so right. I don't think she's one of the but eight. But she's in it. She is in it. In three and a half weeks, the Met will be hosting its annual ball. And we are going to rob it. Not the ball itself. Oh. On the neck of Daphne Kluger. Valued at over a hundred million dollars. The hundred and fifty million, actually. <laughs> it's coming out June 8th. I cannot wait. Callie, hit us with a girl gang. Alright, this one is epic. She Devils on Wheels, the girl gang is the man-eaters. This came out in 1968. A must-see. I found it on YouTube in its entirety. It is, um, I mean, the acting is not very good. Let's just start there, so don't have your expectations up there. But it is amazing. So these girls ride motorcycles, and they're all in this crew, the man-eaters, and they're like the baddest girls in their little town. is not for children. This picture is not for the squeamish. This picture is not for those who think that all women sit by the fireplace knitting socks. And to induct the prospect, they have the, there's a prospect that's trying to get in the gang. And she has to drag the guy she just slept with behind her motorcycle until his face comes off. Ew! And then they have these parties with, like, other groups of dudes, and the girls pick who they want to have sex with, which was very um, tables turned, but also rapey as fuck. Mm -hmm. And then um, there was... Oh, there was just so much fucked up shit in this. They beat the shit out of this group of dudes that tried to, like take their drag racing space for their hot, their like souped up cars. And they told him to get out of the space. And the dudes were like, no, we're going to fight you. And the leader of the gang, she just pulls off this belt that turns into a chain and they just beat the shit out of the dudes. And then they pull them into a pile and pissed on them. Whoa. Adding insult to injury. It was epic. I really, <laughs> like, really like it. Um, and then, yeah, that's, you, you just got to watch it. It's, it was Better than I expected for a really low budget 60, mm-hmm. early 60s film or late 60s. Speaking of 60s films, my personal benchmark for all girl gang films is the 1965 exploitation film Faster Pussycat Kill Kill, directed by Russ Meyer. It follows three go go dancers who embark on uh, a spree of kidnapping and murder in the California desert. You've got a weird sense of humor. Try again, I get funnier. Look, I don't know what the hell your point is, but I don't... The point is of no return, and you've reached it. You can still climb in that kitty car and take a hike. Unless you can fight better than you can drive. And the main 
uh, star of the film is a giant woman named Tora Satana. I love this film, but That's I would not call name. it a gang, as you know. <laughs> Tora Satana wears this super low-cut jumpsuit. She slaps the shit out of people. She kicks people and punches them. And they kidnap so many people, and it's amazing. Just trust me. Faster Pussycat Kill Kill. There's a reason why you can get Faster Pussycat lunchboxes yes. and costumes and tribute items. John Waters is a huge fan, and this film was very inspirational for him. He's and about I believe it's the best times. Russ Meyer film. So Agreed. check it out. Erica, do you have any crime committers? I have another one. It's a French film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Ooh. Girlhood, and it's directed by Celine uh, Sciamma. Probably pronouncing that wrong. But it is about, they do commit crimes. It's a bunch of um, young, like, high school age girls in the projects outside Paris. And um, this main character who starts out as this, like, adorable, chubby-cheeked little girl in the purple hooded sweatshirt gets in with this gang of other high school girls. She has to start dressing in leather. They do a lot of shoplifting. They do some fighting with the other gangs. And they also deal drugs. So there were crimes. It's a very nice movie. They also have... It's a very nice movie. (laughs) (laughs) They have a great scene where they're all lip syncing to Diamonds by Rihanna. Oh, my God. Which you should watch that scene on YouTube. If So this is a relatively recent film. Yeah, it's maybe like five years old. It's pretty new. This sounds awesome. I'm going to watch it. Is it in French with uh, English subtitles? Yes, because I'm not fluent in French. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to throw at you the Switchblade Sisters Mm -hmm. from 1975. And the gang in that is called the Dagger Devs. But in the movie, they later change it to the Jezebels. I love that the leader of um, of this group is named is Lace. Yeah, leaders always have crazy names. Oh, the leader in She Devils, I think her name was just Queen. Um, <laughs> yes, Queen. <laughs> um, in the trailer, they say she's as affectionate as a scorpion, with all the loving tenderness of a buzzsaw. Quentin Tarantino, huge fan of this, and helped to get it re released in 1996. Um, there's a lot of knife fights, there's gunfights, they kill a bunch of people, um, and they did research with a lot of actual gang members before they released the film. Uh, and here's a crazy tidbit. Two of the actresses, uh, Robbie Lee and Janice Carmen, the one who played the, this character, Bunny, they did voiceover work for cartoons. One did... A, a lot of voices for the Rainbow Bright series, the original <laughs> one, and the other was the voice of Theodore on Alvin and the Chipmunks. Well, that could be anybody because they just put the chipmunk effect on anybody's <laughs> voice. But she was but the But she was Theodore. Yeah. Amazing. Which so, one's Theodore? Alvin. The one Alvin. in the green <laughs> tunic. Yeah. Okay. The plus size chipmunk. Is that the one with the glasses? No, that's Simon. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Switchblade Sisters is a must-see. That is an excellent, excellent film. 1975. I would like to say to you that I love The Warriors, which is from ah, 1979. And The Warriors um, is this epic film that's really a classic, directed by Walter Hill, about... Um, a gang, a New York City street gang, that's all dudes. They start off in the Bronx. They're wrongly accused of killing a gang kingpin. And they have to get from the Bronx, which is at the top of Manhattan Island, to Coney Island, which is at the bottom of Brooklyn, via the Manhattan Transit Authority subway system without being killed by every other gang in New York who think they killed this dude when they did not. Now, the reason- really based on the Four Corners meeting where all the gangs in New York met and agreed on certain terms. Right. 
And uh, within this giant hellscape of gang activity, there is one, I tell you, one girl gang in this film. They are called the Lizzie's. And not only do I love them because they're the only girl gang in this movie, but they rep my neighborhood, Union Square. Their <laughs> turf is Union Square where I live. The Lizzie's came the closest out of, I would say, all the other gangs when they're trying to chase down the warriors mm -hmm. in this film of actually getting them because the other dudes were just trying to like attack them, but the Lizzie's managed to seduce them into their Lizzie lair. <laughs> And they got uh, Vermin, Cochise, and Rembrandt to come into their, like, honeypot. But then they figured out what was up, and they, like, chased them with guns and knives. But they weren't very good at shooting, and so they got away. See, you're the famous warriors. The guys that shot Cyrus. Shit, the chicks are packed! The chicks are packed! <laughs> but they were the closest to almost killing the warriors early in the film. Go Lizzie's go. Go Lizzie's all day, every day. I love them. That film is so good. Erica, do you have any crime? Um, I have Bring It On, where the white cheerleaders commit the crime of cultural appropriation. Oh! <laughs> By stealing chairs from the black cheerleaders. I love that movie. <laughs> I recently just rewatched it, and it still stands the test of time. It really does. I watched it, I think it's like fairly new on Netflix, so I watched it when it came on Netflix, and it definitely holds up. And speaking of cheerleaders, I have Sugar and Spice, the 2001 movie where the cheerleaders rob banks. Have you, have you guys seen this one? No, no, I have not seen it. One of the cheerleaders gets pregnant with her boyfriend, and then she needs to get money because her parents aren't going to support her. And so the cheerleaders decide that they're going to start robbing banks, and they do cheer like stunts to hide the cameras and to like maneuver around. And um, it was loosely based on a series of 1999 robberies in Houston, Texas where a bunch of cheerleaders went around and robbed a bunch of places. It's a little cheesy. It's definitely not the best dialogue, but if you like like a a campy cheerleader Rob Bank movie, I love it. I will watch that one again and again. I think it got terrible reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, but <laughs> I'm still watching it. Um, I will say that I am hesitant to bring up this next one because um, Quentin Tarantino is canceled. He's a trash. He's trash, yeah. And um, as I believe in Bust Magazine, Rose McGowan said that this double feature, the Grindhouse double feature is the reason that she doesn't act anymore. Um, but I will bring up Death Proof, which uh, came out in 2007, and it stars Kurt Russell as a stuntman who uses his car to murder young women in these like it elaborately staged car accidents. <laughs> and... Zoe Bell, Rosario Dawson, and Tracy Toms are a cool girl gang who are hunting Kurt Russell down for revenge, which is the greatest crime of all. It is a really good movie, but Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> yeah, Team Uma. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to shout out, I forgot to um, girl gang pop culture people I wanted to drop in very short. Shout outs to Cardi B and um, Young M.A., two actual blood gang members that right. are amongst us in the pop culture. In the pop culture <laughs> milieu. And they have actually a song together called Red Life about that they do together about being in the gang. Um, but speaking of women in, in music, I have MIA's Bad Girls. Let's bow. 
And in that one, it's a, uh, it was actually a commentary on the Women Who Drive movement from Saudi Arabia. And in the video, which is an amazing, beautiful video to watch, it's a bunch of women in hijab, hijab women yeah. in hijab, um, with rifles, and they're doing stunt driving, and they're like, the cars are going sideways. I and, love that video so and much. And Emma is like filing her nails while she's sitting on a sideways car. It is such a wonderful amazing movie or a video and also like just the premise that women can fucking drive a car it's a very cinematic <laughs> yes. music video for sure yeah and but I, I don't know if they would be a gang or not they are probably a militia <laughs> <laughs> is that all of the the crime gangs that you have Callie oh no I only have crime but I'll just <laughs> oh, okay. alright um, I would like to say uh, the bling ring that's the a film crime gang. Yeah. from 2013, directed by Sofia Coppola. That also is on my list. A bunch of teen girls and one token gay gentleman. It is a fictionalized film of a real group of teens who call themselves the Bling Ring, who go on social media, find out when celebrities were out of town, and then rob their homes. They. Uh, Robbed Lindsay Lohan. They robbed Paris Hilton. They robbed Paris Hilton three times. They robbed Paris Hilton <laughs> three times. They robbed Rachel Bilson, and uh, there was they had a big expose written about them in Vanity Fair. Shout out to my friend Nancy Josals who wrote that article. She's your friend. Yeah, she's really good friends with Amy Watanabe's mom, and always hands out at Sasko's. Uh, Sasko Saki Bar. So if you want to perhaps yeah. meet Nancy Joe, I she's would love often, to. I often met, at Sasko's. I met her with you once. Yeah. At there. At there. At that place. <laughs> yeah, she's and so nice. All I could think of was that um, reality show about one of the Bling Ring members and how she called Nancy Joe and she was like, You got the detail about my shoes wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That film is really good. They also robbed Megan Fox, Orlando Broom, and. Uh, Miranda Kerr's house. In the end, they ended up with $3 million worth of stuff. The real people. It's amazing. I know that people didn't really love the movie, but it, it has a certain snotty charm. Yes. So, and also, I just love that it is based on a real group of crazy women that, or people, kids that could just were like, oh, you're going to post that you're out of town? A dumbass. I'm coming to your house. <laughs> <laughs> Who's next on your list? Um, well, actually, if music videos count, I love the uh, Rihanna "Bitch Better Have My Money" music video. Yes, yeah. crime. <laughs> they do commit some crimes in that. Yes, they do, and obviously, anything Rihanna touched yes. by an angel. <laughs> yeah, yo. yeah, yo. yeah, yo. yeah, Good call. Good call. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hit you with the movie that started this whole concept show, Foxfire, which I was appalled nobody in the bust office except me I've had never ever seen. seen Foxfire. I've never seen it. That is a crime against feminism. It came out <laughs> in 1996. It starred Angelina Jolie and Jenny Lewis. And there was uh, five, five girls all together, but they were the main ones. And it's based on a Joyce Carol Oates novel. About five high school girls. It was remade. You don't need to watch the remake. And it was also originally 
There was one bike back in the 50s, but you need to watch the 1996 one. So this teacher is sexually harassing some kids. Angelina Jolie is the bad girl who's not even doesn't even go to that school, but she's in the classroom fucking with the teacher. <laughs> she doesn't even go to that school. No, and then she, she jumps out the window. The person was like, oh, also, you know how I love when people have crazy names. Angelina Jolie's name in this is just Legs. So Legs is, in the, <laughs> Legs is yelling in the classroom, and the teacher's like, what's your name? And she's like, I don't even go here. And then jumped out of the classroom window. And the soundtrack is real Riot Girl 1996 realness all the way. It's got L7. It's got, it's, it is a must-see, and I am appalled at all of you. <laughs> Erica, who do you have next on your list? So I don't have, I'm out of crime, so I'm just going to go with Book Club, the That's new movie fine. starring Jane Fonda. So this is going to be a squad. Yes! Oh, hello. Yeah. Well, I think, isn't it a crew? Because they have Because the they have a club together. Of reading books and reinvigorating their sex lives. All right. Maybe. I'll allow it. It's a crew. Anyway, it was quite cheesy, but also very enjoyable. I laughed. And remind our listeners who is in book club. Uh, Jane Fonda, Diane Keaton, Mary Steenburgen, and... Candice Bergen. Um, and actually, there's like a 15-year age difference among them, but they never really acknowledge it. They're all supposed to be the same age, like high school friends. Oh, well, that's so. because Jane Fonda's 80, and she looks 60. This is yeah. sort of like And then Mary we- Steenburgen is 65. Yeah, and then the other two are early yeah, 70s. Yeah, this is what the, the question I had after I watched um, Girls Trip, because Tiffany Haddish is definitely not in the same grade college or class. college class as... Um, Jada Pinkett Smith. I'm not True, telling yeah. you. <laughs> but it was so. Also, that's another crew. Yeah, that crew was on my list as well. That's right, it's on one. my list as well. So we've all got Girls Trip on our list. <laughs> yeah, well, that wasn't on my list because they don't break any, any laws. <laughs> uh, they publicly urinate. Yeah, what about public urination? <laughs> did they do it on a bunch of dudes they just yes. beat up? <laughs> yes. <laughs> they did? I don't remember that. Well, well it was out. definitely on a bunch of dudes. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah, but that was on accident. Well, the first one was. <laughs> the second I'm one now was. adding to my list of goals is to angrily piss on someone. <laughs> <laughs> um, next on my list is, you guys probably haven't seen this one, or maybe have, Bad Girls from 1994 with Drew Barrymore and Andy McDowell. Nope. Nope. <laughs> it's a, a Wild Wild West movie where four prostitutes are forced to become outlaws. Um, one of the women was being abused by the customer, and so one of the other girls kills the guy, and then they have to escape, and they're being hunted. Um, uh, everybody calls them the honky-tonk har- harlots. Then they go robbing banks. People love to rob a bank. And, um, and the tagline for this was, it was a dangerous time to be a woman and a good time to have friends. <laughs> I think that's every time, really. Yeah. yeah, totally. That is literally every time in history, but okay. But I'm normally not a fan of Westerns, but I really like this movie because I love Drew Barrymore. I, my list is segueing out of crime and into Cruise, which are women united in a common purpose. And so I would like to shout out to Hidden Figures. That was on my list from too. From 2016. Mm which uh, is a biographical drama based on real-life women. They were women of color working at NASA in the 60s. That was such a good movie. And And an important movie that needed to be made. It was so good. They were an exemplary crew. Erica? I have 
Charlie's Angels, but uh, I was actually thinking more of the early 2000s remake because that is what I am more familiar with. That's fine. <laughs> I'll allow it. I liked it. <laughs> Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and Lucy Liu. I loved. I love that. It's a great one. Yeah, that's a classic. <laughs> they're co-workers. They're a crew. Yeah. Um, I'm going to hit you now with really a cluster of movies that all fall under a similar theme, and that is the greatest crews of all are Coven's. Covens mm-hmm. are great crews. It depends on what kind of witchery they're doing, whether or not it constitutes crime. Mm-hmm. But it's always good to watch. And I love them. I love uh, The Craft from 1996, a classic. That's a I also one. love the knockoff of The Craft called Little Witches, also from 1996. They came out, like, they literally made it, like, the day the craft made money, they're like, quick, make another one. Yeah. <laughs> Little witches. And I liked it also. They had a cool secret underground lair that I coveted. And Somehow enjoyed. I have never I don't seen think Little I've witches, seen this and one. now I'm shocked. It's basically a low-budge uh, craft, but I'll still you'll like it. it. American Horror Story Coven 2013. Mm-hmm. Such I enjoyed good, it. So good. Um, the Witches from 1990. That was the great Angelica Houston being the witchiest witch. Wasn't she like the is only that the witch though? Was Roald Dahl one? one? Yeah, that's the Roald Dahl one where uh. they have the witches convention. Oh, right. There's the convention. That is it's such a, a good movie. Ho- ho- bed and breakfast full of witches. <laughs> um, I love a, I love a crew of witches. Hocus Pocus. Yes. Oh, that's witches yeah. of Eastwick. Yes. Yeah. I love witches. I love uh, witches. I love Which was witches. a really great uh, fan letter we got once after we did a story on teen witches back in like the early 2000s. And some young um, youngster wrote in and the note just said, I love witches. I love reading about witches. I love witches. Me too. I love witches. <laughs> so we had to hang up in the office for a while because it spoke so truth. Yeah. Erica? Um, what do I have? I have Bridesmaids. Yes, one. as do I. I feel one. like now we are segueing into squads, groups of friends who have each other's backs. Well, their mission is to get Maya Rudolph married. Yeah, That's a mission. <laughs> okay, all right, I'll buy it. And I also, to movie. their mission is also to get uh, Hollywood producers to produce movies by <laughs> women. <laughs> yeah, which I think you know it helped. Yeah, I think we're better now than we were then. Mm-hmm. It was definitely made a huge break in what people would. Have- Put money on to mm-hmm. produce. Uh, I'm still dropping crime on you. Spring Breakers from 2012. Oh, yeah. Is Carmen Coran canceled that. or still okay? Mm, still can't. canceled. Canceled. Also, James Franco. Canceled. Definitely canceled. But I will say that it's not that great of a movie, so you don't have to feel that bad about it. <laughs> but visually, it's beautiful. Um but it's also like just a bunch of girls in bathing suits on spring break. And then this character, Alien, who, even though James Franco said is not a direct rip off of the um, the rapper um, Riff Raff. It totally is supposed to be Riff Raff. Mm-hmm. And uh, Riff, Raff, Riff Raff convinces the girls to get these rifles and rob all these people in these pink uh lavas. Yeah, so they shoot a lot of people. It's got really good, um, just visually stunning, but not like the best movie. So cancel them. But anyway, it's out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to segue from crews to squads. Squads being a group of friends who have each other's backs. And my ultimate squad of all time 
I'll fight you if you try to come at me about it. Golden Girls. Yes. That's a good one. But I would just call those roommates. You already know. 1985 <laughs> to 1992, there were 180 episodes of their friendship. That's a lot of friendship. And um, Thank You for Being a Friend is an iconic song. They are iconic friends. If you're ever wondering, am I being a good friend? Think about the Golden Girls. If you are acting like a Golden Girl, then you are being a good friend. If you are not, then you are not, and you need to repent. They're such a joy. Their friendship is a treasure for all of us um, to enjoy, cherish, and learn how to be better people from. Yes, and also how to stay sarcastic. Yeah, the sarcasm mm. is tip top. Um, I have uh, Whip It, the roller derby movie ah, with Drew Barrymore. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's a crew. I'm also now realizing how just how many Drew Barrymore movies we have. Yeah. I think there's something about her that just makes you want to be on her squad slash crew slash gang. That's true. I love me some Drew Barrymore. Yeah. She seems like a good friend in real life, but maybe it's just all the movies that she's in. Yeah. <laughs> maybe she just picks I know catalog. she and Cameron Diaz are like supposedly still Yeah, they were... I forget which one was the maid of honor in the wedding, I think. Sure. One or the other. I don't know who. <laughs> but they're besties. IRL. Um, love it or hate it, I will say that Sex in the City like created an love entire it. mythos around the squad. And I would say also like sort of the multi-generational squad because Samantha was on the yeah, she older was end the... and Charlotte was sort of on the younger end and they were all experiencing single life in the city together. And people drank Cosmos because of that show. And they ate Magnolia <laughs> cupcakes because of that show. And they ate brunch because of that show. And uh, they learned, I think a lot of people had candid sexual conversations with their friends because of that show that maybe they would not have had without it. Yeah, I love that show. Um, and I watched it maybe a year or two ago. I watched it all the way through uh-huh. uh, for the first time. I just kind of you know caught it when it was on TV earlier. And a lot of it is very dated and, you know, problematic. But mm-hmm. a lot of it is still really enjoyable and holds up. And um, I also want to call out um, the Instagram account, Every Outfit on Sex and the I City. I love that Instagram. Has this woke Charlotte meme where it's just screenshots of some of the more bad lines of Sex and the City with Charlotte now calling out Samantha or Carrie. Oh, yeah, you're the one that, that told me about it. I love it. Yeah, on uh, their language. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, you know, when Carrie is like, uh, bisexuality doesn't exist. Charlotte is like, Carrie, that's terrible. You need to support the LGBTQ community. <laughs> <laughs> Next on my list, and this is the last one that I have, is Waiting to Exhale. <sighs> I was also a Gus. The other day we had um, one of our coworkers went through a breakup and I was like, oh, you got a Waiting to Exhale. And um, none of the youth knew I what the fuck it. I was talking about. And then I made everybody watch the video where she, uh, where, um, who is it that lights the car on fire? Which actress is it? Oh, it's uh, Angela, Angela Bassett. Bassett. Yes, Angela Bassett lights this cheating ass bitch's car on fire. And it is such a gratifying moment for anybody that's ever going through an She breakup. fills his car with all his shit and, and then, then sets it on fire. It is such a great breakup movie. It's a, such a great uh, group of women. Sort of like First Wives Club. But Whitney's in for, it going shoop shoop. Oh my God, Whitney mm-hmm. is in it. The soundtrack obviously is epic. 
I'm always suggesting waiting to exhale. I once told my mom to watch waiting to exhale. She was in a tiff with my dad. I was like, don't you just wait need to wait to exhale. <laughs> that was amazing, you guys. We had so many gangs and crews and squads. I think our listeners are gonna be they have uh, a lot to delve into. Yeah, yeah. they're gonna be Netflixing and chilling for quite a while. Get thee to Foxfire, please. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back, I'm gonna ask Erica. I'm gonna ask Callie, and hopefully they're gonna ask me <laughs> what you watching. <laughs> I'm Terrence Mickey, the creator and host of Memory Motel, a podcast that finds the drama and what we desperately want to remember or would rather forget. In season one, I explored such light topics as the different ways we remember the dead. Good afternoon. Thank you for calling the New York Times Classifieds. Christine speaking. I may help you. Hi. My name is Terrence Mickey, and I'm calling to inquire about an obituary. What information were you looking for that I could possibly help you with? Okay. I'm a big procrastinator, but I'm going to die at some point, so I just want to be prepared. And to get to the bottom of Stockholm Syndrome, I returned to the bank robbery where the first person was diagnosed with it. I always felt that I did something wrong. After almost 50 years, I felt, well, I didn't do anything wrong. I did what I had to do. And I'm kind of feeling proud of myself. And I followed a message in a bottle. He starts talking to me about a bottle with a message in it, and he says, Turks and Caicos. I'm like... And I'm, you know, I'm real expressive. You can't see me, but like I make a lot of faces. And I look at my cousin and I real quizzically and I go, I don't know what this guy's talking about. So I says, hold on a second. I put the phone down. I'm like, what, what? And I go back on the phone. I go, okay, excuse me. What's a Turks and Caicos? I had no idea. To see where your memories take me next, please subscribe to Memory Motel wherever you listen to your podcasts. And to share your memories, please reach out to me directly on Twitter at Terrence underscore Mickey or at Memory Motel. For updates on season two, visit our website, memorymotel.audio. And we're back. Hello. I would like to remind you, Erica, that when I ask you what you're watching, I mean movies, TV, books, music, videos, podcasts, any kind of pop culture that you are consuming. We want to know about it. Erica, what you watching? Uh, well, I went on a little Margaret Atwood, um, I guess, like immersion, where I was watching The Handmaid's Tale, but every week when it came out, I was also, between Handmaid's Tale episodes, I was watching Alias Grace, and I was reading Hagseed. Alias Grace, is that the... A Netflix um, miniseries adaptation of a different Margaret ah. Atwood novel. It's like a historical uh, kind of drama where um, this girl has killed someone. She's in jail for it. And the I'm in. psychiatrist is <laughs> re- helping her retrace her life steps. Ah. Yeah. Trying to figure out why and how. 
And then I was also reading Hagseed, which is Margaret Atwood's uh, adaptation of the Shakespeare play The Tempest. It was all right. But I was like, this is three different forms of <laughs> Margaret Atwood I am consuming all at once. You're keeping her a pocket's full. Did yeah. you OD on you Margaret Atwood? Are you like, uh, keep her away from me for now on, or are you? I mean, I'm definitely going to keep watching The Handmaid's Tale and Alias Grace, because I'm not quite done with it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I might take a minute before reading another book. But actually, so Electric Literature, the website, did a like author horoscope thing, and I'm a Scorpio, and apparently Margaret Atwood is the Scorpio sign, so mm. it's just meant to be for me to be really into Margaret Atwood. Whoa. <laughs> That's the way it goes. Yeah. Um, I'm also, I love like gentle British reality series. Um, I fully believe that. (laughs) It's my brand. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, the best one of these is Great British Bake Off, which I rewatch regularly. Um, The new one I got. Selassie forever. Yeah, him and Benjamina. Yeah. They were cute. Mm -hmm. Yeah. but the recent one I got into is another gentle British reality series called... <laughs> I like that you call them gentle. <laughs> They're so gentle. They're so gentle. It's called uh, The Great Interior Design Challenge. It's a bunch of amateur interior designers. It's actually, it's kind of like Great British Bake Off plus Trading Spaces because it's a very limited budget, very limited time. Oh, I need to watch this since I'm moving. Some of the rooms turn out kind of ugly. <laughs> <laughs> but what not to wear. Yeah, but they're all so nice to each other. And one of them, one of my favorites, she was like, oh, I'm up against my buddy Jamie this time. I don't know what I'm going to do, which is such a nice change from the American series where they're like, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to win. Yeah, totally. Yeah. (laughs) Who coined that term? The I'm not here to make friends. Yeah, Yeah. isn't it um, from America's Next Top Model? So it's from every reality series ever. um, And (laughs) (laughs) this blogger, writer, Rich... Just yeah, ages ago he put together a like super cut of like every time they've said it on every reality series. I didn't come here to make friends. I'm not here to make friends. I'm not here to make friends. I'm not here to make friends. I ain't here to make no friends. I'm not here to make friends. I'm not here to make friends. But I wonder who was the first to drop it. I don't know. I bet almost Rich positive is America's Sydney next top model. I probably. Yeah. Or real world. Oh, no, or, or, I mean, road rules. They even say it on, like, The Bachelor and stuff. They say it everywhere. But they don't... I feel like it's on every reality show ever because it became iconic when one said it first. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> we need to know. If you know this fact and want to save me the trouble from Googling it, let us know. Yeah. I would like to say, uh, sidebar, Rich Jezwiak. We know Rich because he is very good friends with Tracy Egan Morrissey, who used to work at Bust. I would say Besties. Besties. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's a pop culture savant. I saw him at a press screening this week, and I haven't seen him in a long time. And I would like to say that these days, our friend Rich Jezwiak looks like Stormy Daniels' hot attorney. <laughs> so um, know that. I have never met Rich Jezwiak. Oh, he's but a joy. He's I started a joy. like following his writing back in high school because of his America's Next Top Model recaps. Yes. Which I wouldn't even watch amazing. the shows he was recapping, but I would read his recaps because they were so funny. And now when I binge watch America's Next Top Model again, the old seasons, I go back and I read his <laughs> old recaps, which I also do with the Vulture Gossip Girl recaps. I love it. Um, I saw the teen sex comedy blockers which was actually pretty cute ah because um, deb stole at work has some passionate she, feelings about the term cock blockers 
and just the concept of of this film in general. Yeah, I'm. You know, you have to see it to to the. It's basically the message is the parents learn that blocking your teenage daughter's ability to make sexual decisions for their own bodies is a bad thing to do, and you should not do it. Yes. Um, and one of the girls like has a coming out story. One of the girls decides to have sex, and then one of the girls uh, decides not to have sex, but it let this guy go down on her. It's well, she's heartwarming. Smart at least getting a little bit of something in there. Yeah. <laughs> you say giving, I say getting. Yeah. Well, I mean, she she got hers. Right. Um, I also I did she suck that dick though? No. Oh, good for her. Not mm-hmm. to say that you can't suck a dick, but I love when it's. You don't have to pay to play. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm also catching up on a lot of podcasts because I went without headphones for like a couple of weeks, so I'm way behind. Um, I could just, I caught up on Pop Tarts before I came here. And what say you? What did you like? It was good. I liked your mom. You liked my mom. <laughs> National treasure. Yes. Um, I also really liked the Mary Steenburgen interview with Mark Marin. I really liked that too. I just listened to that this week. It was solid. Yeah, um, and I'm currently listening to the Phoebe Robinson interview with Tyra Banks. Oh, yeah, and her mom. Yes, and her mom. Can you feel the smiles through <laughs> your ears? I can. I love Tyra Banks. Hi, Ty. <laughs> and moms are so hot right now in the podcast waves. Yeah. <laughs> yes, starting a trend. Moms are always hot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also read uh, Jasmine Ward's "Sing Unburied Sing," which is amazing and will probably make you cry. It's very, very sad. I love sad things. <laughs> you love sad. Also on brand. Yes. Sad and British. Sad things and gentle British reality shows. <laughs> and I think that's most of the things I have that I'm watching. Love it. Callie, what hey. you watching? Well, I've been packing, so not much except Pretty Little Liars, which I just, my roommate made fun of me the other day because I tried to rewind, I had to go back like six episodes because I didn't know what was happening. And he was like, you already watched these. And I was like, I wasn't paying any attention. I was packing. And Camilla's like, this hell is never going to be over if you have to go back six episodes. But you know, when you're packing, you're just like not. I do the same thing with Dark Shadows. Yeah. So I've, that's what I've been up to um, for the most part. But I did go see, and on my notes, I keep looking down and it says, Saw Fever Ray, and I keep thinking of Sugar Ray, which is who Debbie thought we were, yeah. we were going to have in the magazine. And she was like, why are we talking about Sugar Ray? Um, and for you, you, you don't need to Google who he is. The music was terrible. Um, but I saw Fever Ray, and I'm going to say, I mean, the performance was good, but I was a little disappointed because I was expecting testicle face mask, and all I got was padded butt suit. All right. Mm. So costume She does tend to wear some pretty outlandish items. Costume-wise, I was expecting more. Other than that, it was a wonderful show. But then I was also, um, I saw that Bjork did a show, um, played UK's uh, UK show called Later with Jules Holland. Mm -hmm. She had a 3D vagina mask with like pearl jizz coming out of it. And um, that, it also was wearing like a padded hip dress. And that is more what I'm wanting for. And so right now, between that vagina mask and Janelle Monae's pants, I'm predicting vaginas for spring will be trending. As fashion trends. Yes. That's an actual. We'll see vaginas all over the street. That's actually a groundbreaking fashion trend, too. (laughs) And also uh, excess padding on clothing. These are the Mm -hmm. things that I'm seeing. 
Um, and also when I was at the Fever Ray show, I met this girl that was a huge fan of Bust, and she emailed me today um, to show me her portfolio. She's a uh, just production, and she was like, "I don't know if you remember me. We talked about Bust, and I was very impressed that your husband was carrying your purse." <laughs> <laughs> Which I didn't think was weird at all because <laughs> why would I carry my own purse? <laughs> and then um, I also, this was a while ago, but I hadn't got to talk about it yet. I saw um, the movie Andre on Netflix. And I grew up on watching WWF, World Wrestling Federation. Um, so I know everything about these wrestlers. So it was And Andre is about Andre the Giant? Yes, Andre the Giant was very poignant to me. I almost cried a couple times. Um, is it a documentary? Yeah. I thought it was going to be the Andre Leon Talley documentary. I also want to see that. I want to see it. But I have I love Andre uh, Leon Talley when he does red carpet critique. But mm-hmm. my heart holds with Andre the Giant. There is a part in uh, the movie where Andre uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is talking about Andre Leon Talley. Or Andre the Leon Talley. <laughs> He's talking about Andre, Andre the Giant. And they were arguing over who was going to pay for dinner because um, Arnold had invited Andre, but Andre was insisting on paying. And so Andre the Giant just picked up Arnold Schwarzenegger and put him on top of an armoire like a doll. What? Yes. Wow. It's amazing. I so, guess that settles that. <laughs> yeah. And he also apparently hated Macho Man Randy Savage. And Hulk Hogan was talking about how much he hated Macho Man. And so Andre would be playing poker in the back of the, like, where they all are like getting dressed for meats and stuff. And he would just yell at Macho Man, no olive oil, get out. And he called Macho Man olive oil because he gets so coated up in olive oil all the time. <laughs> if you are ever a fan of uh, wrestling in your youth, it will give you all the feels. They interview so many people that were amazing. And he was just the gentle giant. And they talk about when he was in... Um, uh, what is it? Uh, what was that wonderful movie? Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was amazing in Princess Bride. He was. I had so many, so many feels for it. Didn't he say things like "Dwed Pirate Wobbles"? <laughs> yeah, it's the Dwed Pirate Wobbles. <laughs> I don't. And know. it's so sad because he knew he was gonna die young because he had gigantism. Yeah. So, the whole time he's. Doing all this, he knew that he was never going to live a long life. Living life to the fullest. And the sweetest. He was such a sweetie. Except for tomato. <laughs> no olive oil. And just sitting Arnold on things. But Arnold and him are really good friends. And that is what I've been watching. Well, all right. I'll tell you that. Uh, all right. First, I'm going to talk to you about Urine Gate. And then I'm going to talk to you about what I watched. In urine Gate. With Urine 2018. Uh, Anyone who is a close acquaintance of the Bust Magazine offices know that Callie and I in particular, but the office in general, have been obsessing over the mystery of who pees on the toilet seat in our shared bathroom every day and doesn't clean it up. We have a savage situation. Three stalls and it's for the whole floor of our building, which contains multiple small businesses. Mm -hmm. And so like, it's not necessarily someone in bust. It's just someone who shares our hallway. We could eliminate that it was no one in bust because we've worked together as a crew for so many years and nary a pee splash on any toilet. And the interns rotate every three months and the pee has been, the pee saga has gone on so long. It cannot be an intern. 
Right. When did the peace saga begin? A year ago. A year ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So struggle. Callie and I, as you can tell, have been paying very close attention because we don't like cleaning up other people's pee when we want to pee. So we have been trying for a year to deduce who it is. And I had my suspicions. Callie had her suspicions. We were wondering if we should um, hook up some kind of hidden camera because- But not we... in the stall, outside the stall. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, just to know who's going in when. But uh, t- yesterday- inspiration struck and a person that I suspected and I suspected this person because I saw this person in the vicinity of the bathroom when I also saw pee in the seat on a couple of occasions and so I saw this person in the hallway someone who does not work for bust magazine but for a different company I saw her in the hall and I was like I'm gonna follow this bitch. (laughs) I followed just sort of like a. a, I have a limp at the moment because I have a knee injury, so I just limped slowly. Which I also would like to bring up is also a pain in the ass because you can't hover. I cannot hover, so I have to clean up her pee if I want to use that bathroom. Anyway, the person who I suspected, I limped behind her slowly. (laughs) I'm going to get you. I entered. I was totally going to get you, Barbara. Barbara's not her name. Anyway, I was limping behind her into the bathroom. I was at a a predetermined distance so that I would be able to see which stall it was that she went into. I then placed myself in the stall beside her. I listened with my ear to her urinating, so I knew that she was peeing. I waited for her to leave the stall and wash her hands while also paying close attention to whether or not anybody else was walking into the bathroom. They were not. As soon, the minute she left that bathroom, I sprang out of my stall and sprang into her stall where the seat was covered in pee. <gasps> Banana. So it definitely gave us, you know, a modicum of comfort to know who this person is that's been terrorizing us all of this time. And um, when I came home victorious, saying, I know who the peer is, but I wasn't sure what to do about it. Right. We had a long, we had a celebration and then a discussion. Mm -hmm. What to do? When I came home, my luscious research assistant said, let's watch a 1989 instructional video called How to Get Revenge. (laughs) So that's exactly what we did. This video lives on YouTube. Anyone can watch it. And it stars Linda Blair from The Exorcist. Like, she is the overall host, but then the experts on revenge are, like, literally the sleaziest, grossest used car salesman you've ever seen in your life with, like, comb-overs and leisure suits, like, telling you, like, really illegal things to do to people. Fasten your seatbelts. For now, it's time for us to explore the more serious forms of revenge. We've assembled several of the top professionals in the field of revenge to guide us through this endeavor. First off, we're going to meet private investigator Mark Lewis. Mr. Lewis has aided hundreds of victims in getting even and is considered a master in automobile retribution. Next up is investigator Kyle Pappenfuss, who will give us pointers on how to cause havoc with the Mark's home. We'll also hear from a presently active police detective who we'll refer to as J.M. He will enlighten us with his vast knowledge of seeking revenge by mail. Oh, my God. Like, some of them are, because this this uh, 
informative VHS, which you can now see on YouTube, was made in 1989. A lot of the things you can't even do now, like for example, they were recommending that you call someone from a payphone, and when they pick up, you just leave the payphone dangling so that their landline is tied up until- could they just hang up their if you If you call someone and your phone is, uh, and like that call is connected, if one of the calls stays Oh, live. The other really? one line is tied up until both are hung up. This Did is a thing from the either. dark ages of telecommunications. I was alive in the dark ages. So. <laughs> so things like that you can't do anymore, obviously. And then there was like a lot of things like pre-internet things, like if you steal the bills out of their mail, they won't be able to pay for any of their utilities and they'll be <laughs> in the dark. But other things are just straight up illegal. Like there's a guy who's like, what you really need to do is a lot of people have a hose and hooked up in their front lawn and a lot of people have a mail slot and you just turn on the hose and you stick it through the mail slot and you flood their house. You know, like oh, that's man. bad. Like someone else is like, pour well, a stealing gallon. Stealing the mail is a federal offense. Stealing mail is a federal offense. Someone's like, pour a gallon of olive oil in their swimming pool, which will like literally ruin the swimming pool forever. Like put I mean, fish like, eggs in their ventilation system. I'm not going to say I haven't done that. <laughs> I know somebody. I did chicken in the wall, and then I plastered over it. I know somebody who also put chicken in in the took off the the vent and put a raw chicken in it, and then closed up the vent. Yep. Don't fucks with me. Yeah. So no. you would get along with these sleazy dudes, um, <laughs> but the they definitely are talking about some like really amped up vandalism that are like, I wouldn't have been surprised if they were like set their house on fire, you know, like <laughs> they, they were things that just went up to the line like that. But yeah. not, you know, like someone was like, I took out a, an ad in a gay swingers magazine in my friend's name and it ruined his marriage. And oh, stuff like whoa. That. So, um, Unless yeah. I peed in a bottle and somebody's mom drank it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why the mom didn't have the smarts to not drink a bottle of liquor that had an open um, seal. So the mom is lucky she learned a lesson. So, yeah. Okay. So you don't need how to get revenge. You know no. how to get revenge. People come to me. But for other people they who don't my, know. My, my guidance. Um, I've decided not to use any of the tips given to me by Linda Blair. We decided as a group we didn't want to be mean girls. Right, but I will tell you. But the aggression you, could not stand. Yeah, so uh, I'm not going to say who did this, but someone in our office today put up a note in each bathroom stall that read, and I quote, Attention, woman who leaves her urine on the toilet seat every day. We've been watching you. <laughs> We know who you are and where you work. We have no desire to publicly shame you, but your rude behavior has got to stop. Consider this your final warning. <laughs> Clean up after yourself or you'll be hearing from us more directly and less discreetly. Bam! And every stall, <laughs> those notes. There was no pee on the seat. Today, yeah. my ass was blissfully pee-free all day, and those notes were ripped down by someone by 4 p.m. Yep. This I, is a much better approach than what I was going to do, was going to be see her coming out of the bathroom, go in the bathroom, wait till she came out of the stall, see the pee, 
Tell her to go back in the stall and make her sit with her pants on in the piss and ask her why she was doing this to me. Make it very personal. What's your problem with me? Until she just cracked and realized that it, she was affecting my life. I will say every time I've gone to the bathroom today, I have checked all the stalls to make sure she's not peeing anywhere because it was I'm giving just, me anxiety. I just I'm really invested in this drama now. It was <laughs> a pee-free day. We'll see how it was long the day lasts. We'll also see um, if we'll have to like follow up on our threats. Or whosever threats they were. (laughs) Anyway, um, everyone at Bust knows that I went to see Won't You Be My Neighbor, a press screening of uh, the Mr. Rogers documentary that comes out June 8th. The reason everybody at Bust knows this is that I came back into the office an emotionally shattered person. (laughs) I literally cried for two solid hours watching the Mr. Rogers documentary. I, my whole face was swollen. Like it was not just like slow, silent tears. It was ugly cry. When she was telling me about the movie, she started (laughs) re-crying. I started crying just trying to describe why I was crying in the first place. (laughs) The security guard at the press screening room gave me tissues. I had to wash my whole face off. It was a disaster and a mess, and I highly recommend it. I feel if, like this is going to be me after I watch the Whitney Houston yeah. movie that's coming out. Yeah. I love Mr. Rogers so much, as we've covered in previous episodes, and it just feels like every single man in pop culture is garbage right now, but Mr. Rogers was never garbage, can, will never be garbage. He only ever loved and helped children, <laughs> and I love him so much. Because he told me that I was special just the way I am. And oh I my God, you're totally it. crying again, Emily. Oh, <laughs> my God. I loved it. Okay. The other thing that <laughs> happened was I was watching just, like, random Key and Peele sketches um, on YouTube. And we, uh, my luscious research assistant and I were watching the one where... Jordan Peele plays Star Magic Jackson Jr., the Hollywood sequel doctor, and he was doctoring the script for Gremlins 2. <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen it, but I love I it. I haven't seen it either. He's like just encouraging all the writers to just come up with random kinds of gremlins, and someone's like, a smart gremlin, and he's like, yeah. And one's like, a googly-eyed gremlin, and he's like, sure. And someone's like, I don't know, a vegetable gremlin. And then they like flash up on the screen, like these are all actual things that ended up in Gremlins 2. <laughs> and like, they they. It, they all sound like the stupidest ideas in the entire world. Like it's just a random assortment of different kind oh kinds of gremlins. And so then after we were laughing, watching this um, sketch, we were like, hey, let's watch Gremlins too. Yeah, now I want to watch Gremlins too. My luscious research assistant, of course, has seen it. I never bothered because I heard you that. Never it, I heard that it was very, very terrible when it came out. And I enjoyed the first one very much. Gremlins 2, the new batch came out in 1990. And um, it was directed by Joe Dante, and it did have all those <laughs> random gremlins, and it had a lady gremlin in it. The it lady had, gremlin was the best! It had Tony Randall being the one smart gremlin who could talk. <laughs> I had the lady gremlin doll. There's did a- you really? Mm-hmm. It had Chris, the great horror master Christopher Lee in it as the mad scientist. <laughs> and... Um, I actually really loved Gremlins too. I thought it was great. I loved Gremlins too. There's I a, love all the Gremlins. There's a term for that where it's like there's a group of like ten creatures and only one of them is a lady, like the Smurfs. Yeah, like yeah. the Smurfs. Yeah. Well, What's the word for that? 
I don't know. I was Sexism? Thinking... <laughs> Tokenism? But in the That's smart, one of them. she was also originally a, a man, and then Gargamel turned her into a No, woman. she wasn't. She was a, a girl who was like Lilith. She had black hair. She was a oh. Lilith archetype. She was created from Gargamel's cauldron to ruin the smurfs oh i thought that he had changed a caught a guy uh smurf and then changed it no he created her from scratch and she was lilith and uh then the power of papa smurf changed her from an evil brunette to a a compliant blonde yeah that's what i've been watching well this has been great a ton of lady movies so many lady movies. Um, I would like to thank our producer, Rachel Withers, the greatest producer. Of- I know I'm already getting Whitney Houston movie uh, anxiety. Of course, I'd like to thank our pal at the listening booth, Terrence Mickey, and despite what Callie says, our girl gang at Bust Magazine. <laughs> you guys will always be my girl gang. I don't care what Callie says. I guess we just got to commit long some as crimes. Get tried for a higher level crime. I'm fine with it. <laughs> yeah, we should start committing crimes. Yeah, start. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Emily Rams. Callie has a secret Twitter account, but. She only I uses now follow it Snoop Dogg too. To follow Snoop Dogg. <laughs> well, originally it was Chrissy Teigen only. But she won't tell you what it is, so you can't follow her. Don't bother. You can email us both. I'm Emily Rems at bust.com. I'm Callie W at bust.com. And you can learn more about this show at bust.com slash pop tarts. And finally, please rate and review this podcast on iTunes. Don't let people think that we're just kind of like middling to lower level entertainment like gremlins too like if you experience us you'll know that we're top notch and other people won't experience us unless you rate us and review us on itunes it really helps us get the word out we super duper appreciate it and until next time mwah!